0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. On Commons People this week... I was informed that a number of these tests have come back as combustible. Questions over Grenfell continue. Is... Um, Measures to hang on a second. Seems you wrote Diane Abbott an apology, Boris. The uh, when we eventually get to the point that the council
1: decides we've made enough progress, their words, both sets of dialogue will continue. The
0: EU go one 0 up in the Brexit negotiations. All of this and more on Commons People. Hello and welcome to Commons People, the HuffPost UK's politics podcast with me, Owen Bennett, Ned Simon. Hello, Ned. Hello. Paul Waugh. Hello, Hello, Paul. And Kate Forrester. Hello. How are you, Kate? Good, thanks. Good. Good yeah. to have you all, all back together this week. Um, so let's kick off straight away. We're talking about the uh, Grenfell tragedy. This is a a fast-moving story, but today Theresa May said that um, tests on cladding on tower blocks, other tower blocks, have shown that a number are combustible. Uh, councils in England estimate that 600 high-rise buildings have similar cladding to that on Grenfell Tower. Um, speaking in the Commons today, on Thursday, the Prime Minister said, we cannot and will not ask people to live in unsafe homes. The Chief Executive of Kingston and Chelsea Council has quit after a barrage of criticism for the Council's response to the tragedy In which at least 79 people were killed. Here is a clip of Theresa May in the Commons today.
2: The House should, of course, be careful on speculating what caused this fire. But as a precaution, the Government has arranged to test cladding in all relevant tower blocks. Mr Speaker, shortly before I came to the Chamber, I was informed that a number of these tests have come back as combustible. The relevant local authorities and local fire services have been informed, And as I speak, they are taking all possible steps to ensure buildings are safe and to inform affected
3: residents.
0: Uh, Jeremy Corbyn uh, described the tragedy as an outrage and said every single one of those deaths could and should have been avoided. But he also called for uh, some sort of political resignation. The chief executive of the council was gone. That's sort of an administrative role. Uh, But the the leader of the council uh, is still in place. So, Paul, are we going to start seeing heads rolling over this now? Is it still a bit too soon?
2: Well, I was told by a pal within the council last night that actually uh, Nick Padgett-Brown, who's the council leader of this Tory-run council, Kensington and Chelsea, um, had told fellow councillors that he wasn't going, quotes, immediately. Now, that suggests to me that he will be going at some point. The question is who's going to take over, how quickly it will happen, whether or not the chief executive going means you need to keep a, a bit of stability and have the same council leader for a while. I don't know. But... What is strange about this whole idea of accountability for Grenfell is that the Prime Minister admits that basically the government um, got it wrong in its response, and so did the local council. And yet so far, the only person to have gone is the local council chief exec. So... Does it mean that the head of DCLG, the government's department, should quit? Does it mean Theresa May should quit? I mean, where does it end? It uh, where, where does it? the
0: responsibility lie? Because in the Commons yesterday, um, on Wednesday, she said, you know, I apologise for what's happening. It was a failure of local and national government. But then sitting in the Commons gallery, directly above her in her eye line was uh, Gavin Barwell, the former housing minister, who know, is now a uh, chief of staff. We talked about this before, but surely a lot of people were just looked up and gone, well, why is he still anywhere near government? Because he's one of the guys, one of the, the four ministers who didn't take action on these recommendations when they came out of similar yeah. tragedies.
1: And I think in the comments today, you saw Labour MPs aren't letting this go. Um, whilst Theresa May's quite good at doing that kind of statement about very serious issues, yeah. Labour MP after Labour MPs said they wanted clearer answers about what you knew and when, what's going to happen in the future, and you know, the bar while issue, I think, it's going to come back. They're very upset, a lot of them. I think, obviously, it isn't really so, but also really want to get to the bottom of holding people to account for it. And it can't just be the council chief executive, it can't be the only person that loses their job over this, surely. But, but alternatively, are we perhaps so
0: desperate in, in this age to find a scapegoat and point the finger at one or two people and say, oh, it's their fault. If they'd done their job properly, this would have been avoided, and then we can all move on. But actually that becomes the wrong thing we obsess about. What do you think, Kate?
3: I think it's too big a deal, this, and too much has happened for, for you know, nobody to sort of be accountable to it. Um, I think in terms of not just what's happened in the last few weeks, but what happens next. Like, what happens to all of those people who are in the 600 blocks that are, have got the same cladding. Like, there's already loads of political pressure on the government now to put these people in temporary accommodation because there's going to be thousands of people who don't feel safe. And I think... I just think it's too big and too emotive for for somebody not to be to be held accountable, whether that's an individual or
0: so is the government gonna put together some kind of sort of action force to get people out of these tower blocks that have got this cladding around them? I mean, that would seem to be the obvious thing. I guess it's then where where do you put them? Where's the resources?
2: Well that's the difficulty. It's gonna take a massive strategic operation. And hopefully the Grenfell Response Team, which is this you know, cross-body organisation looking at how to react. Uh, will will help the government identify all the different places. Local government's got a big role to play, but this is an enormous enterprise. If you are talking about six hundred tower blocks, you know it's a massive enterprise. But it's also an, an opportunity to show that actually councils and Kate knows a lot more about this than me. That the way councils work actually most of the time is quite effective. You know, councils aren't sort of uh, a, a distant bit of the state that don't isn't, doesn't interact with people's lives. They're regularly in touch with people's lives. You know, they run things on a daily basis, and so. They they actually are the people who can be the first line of defence in this. If the government gets it right, they can say, right, can you sort out that locally in your borough? We're not going to step in and make sure you do everything. Could you do it? And I think in a strange way, localism is what could come out of all of this. And it's funny, isn't it? Because when you go out on doorsteps with MPs
0: and you knock and ask people, what are your concerns? They raise issues which nine times out of ten are local council issues, the double yellow lines outside the primary school, the bins being collected. So actually, exactly right, the councils, people have far more interaction with their councils than they do with their MPs. But
2: one of the problems, I think, with Grenfell was it showed actually, although there is the council does have a regular interaction with people's daily lives, councillors and the political accountability for that, in this case was far removed so you didn't have a a, it's not a council run organisation, like tower block, you know it was, a, it was a sort of subgroup, the tenant management organisation and I think that again is that when we're looking beyond just this one instance and David today talked about the need to listen to and never again ignore council tenants or tenants of any kind of social housing, if you're never going to ignore them again, you need to rebuild the democratic accountability, the deficit that's been over the last few years and that means having local councillors actually on these boards it means having these boards maybe scratch and made uh, it directly accountable to a council. Why isn't the council running Grandfall Tower? Why is there an in-between body that didn't seem to listen to anyone?
0: I'm sure it's a story that we'll be talking about for many more weeks to come. Um, Let's just go back to yesterday. It was the Queen's speech yesterday. I think it was a Queen's speech because it was, like, really short. I mean, I popped out for a cup of tea and I come back and it'll be done. Blink and you missed it. I I already blinked? How do you blink with your ears? (laughs) That's not... I don't think you... I don't know. I blink with my ears. That'd be right. a really anyway, good party trick. Anyway, blink my, ear, I missed it. Right? <laughs> I mean, I did it. We're not miss making it. that saying. No. Like, oh, no. you blinked with your ears and missing it. Anyway, look. No. The point is, Corbyn had fun because he was mocking Theresa May's threadbare Queen speech, um, which was basically most of her sort of key policies had gone out of it. I mean, there was grammar schools. No. Uh, winter fuel payments being cut. No. Legalising fox hunting. Gone. Um, and here's Jeremy Corbyn having a bit of fun at Theresa May's expense in the Commons.
2: And nothing could emphasise that chaos more than the Queen's speech we've just heard. A threadbare legislative
0: programme from a government that's lost its majority and apparently run out of
2: ideas
3: altogether.
2: (laughs) This would be a thin legislative programme even if it was for one year. But for two years? Two years? There's not enough in it to fill up one... Kate, you...
0: uh, you went through this Queen speech with a fine tooth comb. Yeah. Tooth
3: comb? And my ears. Is yeah. that right? It
0: was just a fine comb. comb. Fine, yeah. comb. Yeah. fine tooth comb. Fine tooth comb. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm not really What was going on? What, why why um, wasn't there anything in it? There was not in it, wasn't there?
3: Well, there, there wasn't on. really very much. I mean, there were kind of... Her kind of flagship... Well, not flagship, but the biggest talking point through the election campaign was the social care policy. That appeared in the Queen's speech, just basically saying... Um, we're going to consult on what we do about social care now. And when you look at the huge storm that was caused by dementia tax, you would expect that it would have at least been referenced in some way, but it's not. Um, other sort of interesting things that they've tried to keep in is mental health so they've said that they're going to put more money into mental health and look at improving services look at cutting police detentions of people with mental health conditions but in the manifesto they committed to 10,000 extra mental health nurses in the nhs that's gone right. there's very f- there's not very much at all in terms of like proper commitments this is these are things we are going to do it's more kind of vague we'll look at this and well i guess is it's, that, it's hamstring, is that not isn't because it?
0: you know Brexit's in there, right? And there's a lot of Brexit stuff, and that is a big.
3: It's big not great, thing. though, is it? It's n- it's just a repeal bill now. It's, n- it's
0: been down. It's so not sorry. great. <laughs> it's, it's
3: not great. So the average that repeal bill. That could bill.
2: be the slogan for this government. It's, mm. not, it's not great. It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Um, and uh, Kate's right, though. You know, there's a lot of things that were missing from from this Queen's speech. But what was interesting is the phraseology on things like mental health, things like social care. It was vague, and it was all about consultation. We will consult on X, and even the consultation on the, the big one of the big things, counterterrorism. We're going to have a consultation. We're going to ask people about this this really difficult thing about anti extremism and having a commissioner for it. There was, I tell you what, the one thing that is the biggest growth industry under this government is consultation. <laughs> and people who are going to organise them, because is this a string of green papers, white papers, and you just think, hold on a tick, you know? I know you say you're a listening government now. That's fine. You've got to listen to electorate, but you know, how long are you going to take to consult on all this? stuff? I really
1: enjoyed. No, you know, ear blinking Hammond's from there, them, is there? Yeah. Sorry, Ned. I um, really enjoyed Philip Hammond on the on today's program this morning. His reasoning behind why there was nothing in the Queen's Speech was, oh, well, the manifesto was for the whole Parliament, and you know, this is Queen's Speech just for the first two years. It's like a threat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But so to so say how many
0: people vote for that manifesto, though? What, more votes than any Prime Minister's ever got in history, right? For that manifesto. So she's got the mandate. Yeah, but... Why don't she do it? She's... Paul, Paul's looking at me. She like. hasn't got enough
2: MPs.
3: That's yeah, why. and also, if you're looking at, you know, how she gets through the long term, you know, you can get through a minority government, not a minority government, but you can get through with a very, very small majority. You can get through the five years, limp through it by doing basically nothing or doing very little.
2: But you're right, she does have a minority government, and that's why, you know, it's very, very difficult to get through things that even a few backbenchers don't like. But we we, we know that. The interesting thing is going to be, you know, how she negotiates stuff that's not Brexit. Brexit, we can come on to. Brexit is the whole yeah, thing. Speaking of things which are difficult to get through,
0: Boris Johnson yesterday I was... I thought uh, you were going to say your Brexit brief. No, <laughs> no, no.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. Boris Johnson had a bit of a mayor, didn't he, with Eddie Mayer. I didn't mean to do that. (laughs) And uh, he had interview yesterday on BBC's PM programme when he was asked basic questions about the Queen's speech and to say it was a car crash is an understatement. Let's have a listen.
1: July in Downing Street and her famous Just About Managing speech on the day she became Prime Minister, Theresa May described several burning injustices, as she put it. What
0: does this Queen's speech do to make sure the criminal justice system stops treating black people more
1: harshly than white?
0: Well, there are measures in the, uh, I believe, in the, uh, the bill on the courts, which I, th- I, th- I think is, is supposed to uh, address some of those issues. And I think one, one thing in particular that um, we are we are looking at is um, measures to. Hang on a second. You know, you, uh, so, let me turn to another burning injustice that she highlighted. What does this Queen speech do
3: to improve mental health care?
0: well, w- what we want to see on mental health care is a uh, a, a proper understanding. And there, indeed, I, I think you'll find... To, uh, to get back to your to your first question... Well, why don't we do the questions uh, can, in the can, order that I'm asking? It's not a too-Ronnie sketch. You can't answer the question before last. I'll tell no, you no, what sorry, this I'm screen sorry. speech no, says. Sorry, I'm sorry. It's not a too-Ronnie sketch, he said, Eddie Mayer. And he's right, because no-one was laughing. I mean, this was... Someone, I think there's someone from The Times tweeted something quite offensive about Boris Johnson off this. Bruno Waterfield, who writes from The oh Times. Right. So he's certainly like, Serves you right, you posh faced TWAT. You never do your homework. You try and bluster your way through it. And it was like, you know what? Apart from the, the, the coarse language, he's right. This is. Yeah. This was this is Boris. Right? And his
1: tactical in interviews is always just to kind of talk so much and create this wall of noise at interviewers that they can never quite get him to trip up and it, this it just didn't he it got this time he got found out. That was extraordinary because one of the things that he got caught out on
2: was, you know, the prime minister's commitment to uh, ending the racial discrimination in the criminal, criminal justice system and white working class boys what you're going to do about that and getting them into university. A couple of things that everyone's forgotten about, one of which we did mention in the election campaign, we particularly the white kids into university. But you would have thought that I mean even Theresa May would struggle, to be honest, when asked, you know, or well, why point to me to something in this Queen's speech that helps those people. But Boris even bo I mean Boris is much worse because he hadn't done his homework. And you you have to get the feeling with Boris that actually is he really on board with the Prime Minister's so-called great meritocracy? Because she repeated that phrase again this week in the Queen's speech. It fell on deaf ears because it's now kind of a, 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 you know, given where she is and how weak she is, no one really thinks it's going to go anywhere. But the idea of a great meritocracy is something that the Tory party should be pushing. But it's this Boris doesn't really care about it. No, because he's a guy who talked about, you know, if you shake the
0: cornflake packet, people naturally rise to the top and all this kind of stuff, isn't he? I, d- I, mean, it w- I, mean, I mean, I think the metaphor uses used was worse than how I've described <laughs> it. I think I've described it even that <laughs> appallingly slightly better than what he said. And he advised himself as a one-nation Tory, which is kind of not the same as being a favour of meritocracy, is it? Cause it's all about looking after people who can't look after yeah. themselves, that kind of stuff
2: but it does is, this
0: this is just him being unprepared right and I watched that thing Boris v Theresa May the, did you watch that where they reenacted the election leadership thing from last time on the BBC and it was really really bad right. but, it, but it was a bit where Michael Gove suddenly has this moment of oh my gosh I must stand because Boris is rubbish and this interview was proof of how if you work with Boris and you saw him just never preparing you would think this guy can't
1: be in charge of Brexit talk shortly. can you do your Michael Gove impression again I think that's a good one. That was good. Anyway, okay. carry on. Sorry. We're I, just
3: was just, I was just going to say, it sounds like what you say to me ahead of this podcast. What's that? Underprepared. Yeah. Not <laughs> done your homework. Yeah. <laughs> but see, this this is
0: the thing that's always thrown at Boris, isn't it? That he's just a bit of a bluffer.
3: Yeah, and I mean, I think that's fair to an extent. I mean, he gets through, doesn't he, by saying something mad, and that's what everybody talks about. we've talked about this before at length with the mugwump stuff. I mean, that's, that's his shtick, isn't it? But. Do we do we know what his plan is now? It seems because everybody was sort of very sure that you know he'd be taking taking Theresa on, but it seems to have gone a little bit quiet. Well, he said last night on
2: Channel Four News, didn't he? I don't know if he meant to say it, but he he said that he would not be challenging within the next two years before Brexit. So I'm not quite sure if, if he did mean that. It, but if he meant he was basically
0: meant he would do it afterwards. He would do it afterwards. Right.
2: But what that Eddie Mayer interview showed is actually all of Boris's flaws, which everyone's seen for a long time, and he's managed to brilliantly, you know, cover up ever since he was a student, you know, he's had this act. Um, and the, the, to his credit, you know, it's not just... Uh, be beyond the act, he actually can run things, he can read a brief, he can... He, Mayor of London prove that he can delegate. But it is his big weakness, this idea of not prepping and not treating seriously the subject. And I think that actually the, the curious thing was that if you... Compare it to Grenfell as well. Just imagine if Boris had been prime minister during Grenfell. I think he would have had similar problems to to, to Theresa May. Theresa May's problem was being too robotic. Boris's problem is being too glib. Well, and look I, at the and riots. I think that, did you t- t- imagine if Boris had been prime minister, what his reaction would have been? Would he have gone there? Would he have met the residents? Would he have, I mean, look at the, the London riots, you exactly. know. Um, his reaction then, there a lot of people on the streets, raw anger, and he was sort of effectively chased off the streets. Exactly. I d- no, I think, I mean, Boris, I've always thought that he's, if he wasn't for the fact that he
0: was a, 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 posh, a posh white man, he would, he would never have got anywhere. You know, he used to make up quotes to a journalist. Then he got found out, and I was like, oh, it's right, it's Boris. If I made up quotes, if I was caught making up my quotes, if I, if I made up quotes, <laughs> Paul would probably like. He'd be fired. I would be, I would be I'm fired. Right. I'm not <laughs> right. probable right. about it. <laughs> right. Anyway, should we do this week's quiz? Yes. Now? Yes, maybe. Okay, this is about the Queen's speech. But which one? Of yesteryear. Uh, uh, By that, back to about 1994, because that's a far the article on the website. History. So, I'm going to read you out an opening line of a Queen's speech, and these are all since 1994, and I want you to tell me which year okay. this
2: came Are you going to do it from. in the
0: Queen's voice? Are you going to say, it, my government? I, I, will <laughs> I will do it in Michael Gove's voice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my government will continue to pursue economic policies which entrench stability and promote long-term growth and prosperity.
1: Oh, for God's sake, that could be anyone. 2010. Uh, um, 2000 and... I've, I have no idea. 2000? You can't even think of a year. I just, I just, <laughs> you, you ran out of 2000. Oh, a decade.
2: Just,
0: so, oh, just, yeah.
3: What do you reckon? Whatever.
2: No, I, that could be literally any government. That's so nondescript.
3: I think it's 2010.
2: Well,
0: you're wrong, aren't you? Because it says my government will continue to pursue. Oh, yeah. So that was your first look. All right. So you're out. Well,
3: I'm the only one that... Made an effort.
0: That's true, yeah, but it was a fair. poor effort. <laughs> 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 2005. Uh, 2005. I prefer that. 2005. 2005. Yep. Okay, the next one. My government's central objectives are economic stability and investment and reform in public services, leading to a more prosperous and inclusive society. Um, Inclusive? Inclusive. That's see a modern phrase. 2001. 2001, isn't
2: it? That's quite a modern... Act, I don't know. 2011. 2011.
3: I was going to say 2001 It' It is 2001. Well. 2001. Yes.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. My government intends to govern for the benefit of the whole nation. The education of young people will be my government's first priority.
2: Oh, is that 97? 98? Ni-
0: 98? Education, education. It's education. 97. Six players, first yes. priority. Player well done. <laughs> uh, national security remains of the highest importance to my government will continue to support NATO and promote Britain's wider security interests.
2: NATO. This is the first line of the Queen's speech. NATO. Wow. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah. I know. Oh, um, ninety. Um, 90 must be two. late Blair. Since hmm.
0: ninety-two, I did say at the beginning of the quiz it was 94, ninety-four. So. Uh, really? <laughs> 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 um.
2: This is slow. 2008, 2008. Yeah, yeah. No, Post 95, nine. oh.
0: 95. But what's we interesting d- is that <laughs> all the ones like 94, 95, 96, Kate, listen, because you were going in the wrong direction, so I cut you off before you made a fool of yourself here. They all start about security. All the majors ones start about security. They're all national security teams. To be. And I thought, that's interesting. I didn't think, but I went back to 79 with Thatcher, exactly the same. All the Queen's speeches used to start with a line about security until Blair got in and he changed to education.
2: Hmm. That's really interesting. interesting. That, I think that's, that's, interesting.
0: that's, that's actually is that interesting? interesting. Yeah, yeah. First, is that? first thing Thank of the much. day that's that you said. That's quite cool. Speaking of interesting, the EU and Brexit. <laughs> Those talks kicked <laughs> off Have this we finished nice. the quiz now? Yeah, that was the is quiz. Is that, <laughs> that, that it? That was <laughs> the quiz, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, well done. Well done, you did well. Um, <laughs> I did not do well. I, I think we, we got two out of five. I don't even know. I don't even care. So We do. So
2: does James, the listener.
0: James, don't give up on us. No, we had... We had some actual good we reviews on, on iTunes. On, I'm, I'm just segwaying into Shall that. Should we do it? We had like double the listens last week. Massive. We I wasn't years. Years. And here. And I also wasn't here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if we get so thanks everyone. Listen, first time listeners, I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you're enjoying this. And um, they left some nice comments on iTunes. Yeah. Bennett's got his finger on the pulse. Said one.
3: Ooh. Yeah.
1: Is that Asa Bennett? No.
3: <laughs> Natalie. Hey. Yeah, Natalie
1: Bennett.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is going nowhere. This right back to the Brexit this week. David Davis went off to Brussels. Annie, Annie, I mean, to say that, let's just listen to Michelle Barnier, who's the EU's chief negotiator, right, who was asked whether or not they'd made any concessions.
2: Now, you
3: asked whether there's anywhere where we've made a concession. Well, look, the the United Kingdom has decided to leave the European Union. It's not the other way around. The United
2: Kingdom is going to leave the European Union, the single market and the customs union. Not the other way around. So we each have to assume our responsibility and the consequences of our decisions. And the consequences are substantial.
0: So Barnier was pretty clear there that not only are there not many concessions, they're not going to. So David Davis, I, I try not to laugh as I say this. So the EU had this thing that they wanted the talks on the divorce bill and EU citizens to be done before talks on the, on the trade deal began, right? So they had two parts to it. David Davis um, said no Those talks must take place at the same time, simultaneously. David Davis said, this is the row of the summer about the order these talks take place in. David Davis walks into the room with Michelle Barnier. He emerges four hours later and goes, right, we're doing the financial bit first. (laughs) And then then when they think we've done enough, we're going to do the trade stuff. And someone goes, so you compromised? No, we haven't compromised. Nothing has changed. Nothing has
2: changed. (laughs) This is (laughs) Paul, help me out here, right? well i the, the curious thing is as daft as it sounds dee has got a bit of a point oh, which is no. which is that you know, it was it was never just either or. There was always going to be this sort of phasing, a sequencing of the, of of these talks, which sounds a bit mad. But there's an overlap period. So, <laughs> I mean, you you're right to laugh because basically he promised a, a summer of rage of his own, yeah. and and and, and, it, and it never happened. It was it was ridiculous. But he does have a point in that actually, there, this is an example of how there's going to be give and take through all these talks. And you know, we've given something, and they've taken it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, mo- no, uh, the serious point is that we we don't yet know at what point the real talks that we're really interested in about a new trade deal are going to start. It might be, it sounds like it's going to be the October or November, once they've sorted out a formula for how much money we're going to pay Which in terms exactly of a divorce bill. But it's only a formula. And we're not quite sure whether or not the whole of that formula will be sorted before the real trade talks start. So there's still a bit of grey in all of this, which is worth remembering. But my point is this. It, well, my point is, is now this, right? That David
0: Davis should have walked out that tools surely and gone. We sat down and to get things going quickly, we have made a big act of generosity. And we decided to do a little bit of what they want first. So I and mean, then claim them all high ground to come out and go, no, we've not made anything. <laughs> <laughs> the, Michelle Barney basically had to go. No, no, no! You have right. Yeah. like, but why didn't Davis, like, Davis claim the more it, high ground? He sort does of, it all the time. It, normally, well, that's,
1: that's kind of feels like how David Davis. That's how he'll act. Just nothing's changed. Everything is fine. Almost in the sense of it ends up somehow we're back in the EU. And yeah, David Davis we like, joined no, Schengen his, and the no, Euro. No, yeah, yeah, nothing's changed. Everything's fine. This is what I wanted. Its just maybe that's how he's going to conduct his. Uh, Whenever you kind of have time there's this meeting, maybe that's just what he's thinking he's going to behave like. But it's funny.
0: I'm just not saying. I'm not saying the compromise was wrong. I think it was a sensible compromise to make. Yeah. But own the compromise. Like trees made with the U-turn on social care. This is not a U-turn. It's clearly own it. Own the narrative. Why am I, I getting so annoyed, Kate?
3: I, d- I don't know. I think right. you've got. Are you all right? Yeah, sugar. Yeah. yeah. Do you want some yogurt I raisins. I had a Snickers before I came in. Oh so gosh. I'm um, also, we're gonna just to to big up my own. Uh, Brexit stuff. Go on. Um, do you know? Do you know how many how many laws we will have to go through EU laws to pick which ones we're going to keep?
0: Sounds like a rival to my quiz. I've like heard this uh, yeah. seven.
3: No. Nine thousand. Nineteen thousand. Wow, that's a lot.
2: That's a good step.
3: Yeah. Have you done a story on that? I have. Yeah. yeah it's on our <laughs> website. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in yeah. the war zone. It's in the war zone. did you read it? Yeah. Uh,
0: Nineteen thousand laws.
3: Yeah. And apparently there's been 700 new ones made since the referendum. It was
0: one of the laws, you can't leave the EU. It
3: <laughs> could be. And there's going to be like 1,400 more before we actually leave. Wow. So this
0: is the Great Repeal Bill, which is now just the Repeal just Bill. Just the Repeal Bill. Because And, they're on the, what, and you wrote about this. What's justification for it not to called the Great Repeal Bill anymore? Paul? Oh, it was
2: brilliant. They had some lovely title, some phrase that actually the parliamentary draftsmen have said, you can only give a bill, a short bill, a title that is straightforwardly factual. So it's clearly not straightforwardly factual to call it the great anything. Fantastic. So, you that. know, I mean, hey, that's even number two. So, so do,
0: do we think, uh, so we see Farron and Farage, can't do that anymore because, I mean, Farage are going anyway and Farron's going. Yeah, I yeah. think you basically
2: killed off both of them. I killed off yeah. both of them. With so I hope these next people are paying attention.
0: Oh, here we go. Oh. It, who's happier this week, Michael Gove or Dominic Grieve? Is it Gove or, or grieve. grieve?
2: That's not bad, right. actually. Because yeah. <laughs> that encapsulates the, the Tory The, the inherent contradiction in the Tory party okay, over yeah. Europe,
0: thank you very much. Yeah, well, well, it's so quite so it's bad, you back know, back Do you want a job? Do you know what? Well, I, I made up some questions. No. So, do we? Th- who's happy this week? Grieve or Gove? Surely Grieve is right. I, I think Gove. definitely.
3: I think Gove's pretty happy oh. this week, actually. Go on. Just um, not in general, though,
0: about Brexit. I don't uh, mean, like, what's his general <laughs> spirit? Oh.
3: Well, I saw him the other day. He <laughs> yeah. seemed, he he seemed, seemed chipper. quite chipper. Why, yeah. do why do you think
0: he's happier then? Why do you think he's happier?
3: What's going on? Uh, no, go on, Paul. You go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm backing <laughs> out of this Dan point. Dan I'm backing Bell out of this stick point.
3: Stick
2: to it. Well, what? Well, go on, Brexit. Go on. Why is he happy about Brexit? You haven't thought through poor, No, I haven't
0: thought it through. I haven't
3: thought <laughs> it through. Like, it's wrong, why, isn't why, it? Why, it's why, wrong. I mean, it's not wrong. Why could go
0: be happier? Because I guess Go could be happy that actually. Yeah. Talks are <laughs> <right. Talks laughs> <right. laughs>
1: underway. That's yeah. fine. He's happy about that. Yeah. That's that started. I'll tell you why he'll happy. Queen, queen speech, your,
2: your think tank report this morning shows why you should be happy. Yeah, Which is tank. the UK and a changing EU think tank came out with this report, big big report on Brexit, and said that all these academics, including John Curtis, who we all love, the our favourite professor, yep. saying that will they thought there would be a sort of slightly chaotic Brexit on the way. But it would, boy, would it be a hard Brexit because there's no way Theresa May can back off the commitment of reducing migration. That's why Gove will be happy because yeah. he there's a political reality off the back of this general election, off the back of Brexit vote. There's a lot of people making clear that actually, you know, if you if you in somehow dilute the commitment to to reducing the number of migrants boy, we're going to exact revenge on you. Whereas I think that Dominic Grieve will be Hmm. a bit happier this week, precisely because he made this very good speech last night, I recommend you all to go back and listen to it or read it, in which he set out really what the Tory Remainer cause will be which is, I'm going to this give the government my qualified support. So he said, I'll back you on most things, but it'll be qualified. And the really interesting thing that will worry the whips is, well, what is it qualified? Where will he not back us? And he made clear he wants a, quote, sensible Brexit. And this phrase keeps happening again and again. Everyone's, I talked to um, some Labour people last week. Um, certainly some Tories have used it. The Lib Dems used it in the Lords, a sensible Brexit. What does it mean? From them, it does mean, actually... A bit more uh, on migration, it d- but it certainly means replicating most of the trade relations of the single market so and everything
0: else. We, I mean, Philip Hammond's been floating this quite a lot recently uh, that we're going to have this tr- transitional period, which may already agreed to. So when we leave the EU, we have a little holding bay kind of area. But it could be this holding bay, which could be the EA, the Economic European area kind of thing. Could be in there for five years. Could be in there for a long time. Yeah. And, and and you know, and then it might suspend migration for a couple of years. We'd move for a couple of years, but. So, actually, the, we never really leave. I know. that, that H- the is hotel, It's a Hotel California Brexit. Hey, very you good. You can check out any time you mm. like <laughs> you can
2: never leave. I've just thought about that. Uh, but that's why I think people like m- uh, Dominic Grieve uh, think they're more emboldened now because they think they've got the numbers in the House of Commons. It's not about the Lords. It's about the Commons. And I think it's a big mistake to start thinking about the Lords. But the, if the Commons somehow uh, s- does a few votes that put down a marker for a so-called soft Brexit, the government is going to have to compromise. We're, n- we're in a completely different situation from last term where actually they could just bluster on and say, mm. right, we're going to pile the pressure, the whips, we're going to get a Commons vote, and then we're going to put it to the Lords. Because what will happen, if that happens this time, the Lords is going to say, actually, yeah, the Commons are given a slight majority for, for, for soft Brexit. We're going to dig in and dig in. Mm. Um, and I think what's going to happen is not so much the votes, but how government responds to signals from backbenchers. That's where the real business of any government happens. How does a government make concessions? The, the great thing about the House of Lords is it's got over the last 10, 15 years, no matter who's been in power, it's got concessions from governments because of the threat that it poses and the threat that a majority a rebellion in the commons poses and I think you're going to really see between the lines in all this legislation all these eight bills you're going to see a lot of that concession building because of the threat of a defeat
0: excellent thanks guys thanks so much uh, next week probably talk about the EU some more Theresa May is going to give a little speech to other leaders about what she's going to do on EU migrants Isn't you know EU migrants yeah. that's on yeah. Monday that's on Monday yeah. so, uh, and other stuff as well <laughs> thanks for listening and uh, see you next week